You got no cause to hurt me. No. But I gave my word. You gave your word? To your husband. That don't make sense. You gave your word to my husband to kill me? Your husband had the opportunity to save you. Instead, he used you to try to save himself. Not like that. Not like you say. You don't have to do this. People always say the same thing. What do they say? They say, you don't have to do this. is the best I can do. Call it. I know she was crazy when I saw you sitting there. I know exactly what was in store for me. Call it. No. I ain't gonna call it. Call it. The coin don't have no say. It's just you. I got here the same way the coin did. So welcome to Film Punch. We just watched No Country for Old Men. And we will now be discussing it while it's, while it's fresh. Uh, I'm your host, David Klingerman. I'm Angela Shershen. Isaac Benson-White. Brad Schwartz. Uh, so get things started off uh, the Cohen brothers usually have some like recurring themes and such throughout their throughout their movies uh, this is one of the few that doesn't have like John Goodman in it it's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true <laughs> um, but the the cast was was excellent and um, Steve Buscemi wasn't there either right? no, no he wasn't right. yeah. wow <laughs> <laughs> or Francis McDormand or, yeah, oh my Francis god Francis McDormand either they're all gone <laughs> Um, but still, uh, amazing performances from Josh Brolin and Woody Harrelson and uh, Javier Bardem. Uh, who I, and Tommy I, Lee Jones. Yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this was Javier's first, like, his breakout performance. Like, no one oh, really knew it? who he was. Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, and he's been in uh, James Bond, and I think he's going to be in the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie as well. So he's, he's come along. Um, so... It's hard to like really pinpoint uh, a good starting topic <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> there, there's so much, uh, but I guess just um, like the the overall theme, the the no country for old men, which is really what it's about. That that overarching, which is why you have Tommy Lee Jones at the end talking about his dreams mm -hmm. and. Um, just it's just kind of a I'm I think I'm getting too old for this kind of thing like he wants to retire mm -hmm. uh, so does anybody have any any more thoughts on I thought it was interesting the way they opened the movie where it was essentially that speech of like you know, I think back to the sheriffs before me and 
you know, how they would have handled it and, you know, showed the different, uh, you know, landscape scenes. Like, because you know the land really hasn't changed much, but mm. it's the people inhabiting the land that have changed. Hmm. So, so I thought that part was interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and I thought it was interesting, too, that there was a little, like, counterpoint towards the end where he went to see... Is his, is his brother? He's, he goes to see his relative, the guy with all the cats. Ellis. Yeah. Uh-huh. By the way, I love um, cats, and I would totally live in that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cat lady. Um, yeah. It's he, uh, cool. It's cool. <laughs> uh, and he sort of was like, I'm getting too old for this stuff. Like, stuff nowadays is worse than it was. And he was like... And basically said, like, no, it's not. Like, it's... it's right. It's just new... Uh, violence, but there was right. still violence back right. then. So I thought that that was interesting. That despite kind of building this idea that there's that like now there's no country for old, like it, it just it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, he just kind of is like, no, it's always been this way. Yeah, you know? I, it feels sort of like he's burnt out on it, really, more mm-hmm. than things have really changed. Like it's just gotten to him. Have and, you guys seen uh, the Woody Allen movie Midnight in Paris? Yeah, because uh, mm-hmm. what you said just made me think of the point of that because uh, that's the one where Owen Wilson he goes back in time because mm-hmm. he's nostalgic about it but then he finds out the people in that time were nostalgic about the time before them so mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting uh, similar themes between the two movies uh, even yeah. though completely different genres <laughs> <laughs> right right definitely um, and yeah, and Josh Brolin's character like the, the first where he, he goes and gets the money mm-hmm. I mean that's not something I would personally do <laughs> and for obvious reasons, uh, I mean, you know, he, he gets the, the drug dealers after him and the uh, psychopath, <laughs> yeah. the psychopath cleaner. Um, sugar. Yeah, sugar. Yeah, sugar. Who doesn't even get him in the end. I mean, that's... that's can, yeah. Can he die? That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> well, and that's what I thought was like, what do you make of the scene where it looks like He's in the room, and Tommy Lee Jones is going to come in, and he looks like he's standing in the shadows, but then yeah. Tommy Lee Jones comes in, he's not there. I, I think that was What's... Tommy Lee Jones knowing that he could be there. He knew he'd gone in because the... Because the thing. The thing so been... that was just in his imagination. Yeah, I think or, that was his imagination. Gotcha. The door lock, the deadbolt. Right. Yeah, it was, yeah. was gone. Yeah. But like the fact that we saw him, we were in Tommy Lee Jones' mind for a second. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, I like how mm-hmm. the Cone brothers... Open that up, where that one step ahead mentality that was throughout the whole film, mm-hmm. and all the indicators—the dime in the carpet mm-hmm. by the by the uh, shell casings for the bullets—and and but part of me wanted maybe wanted to believe that Javier Bardem's character was still behind the door. Yeah, and. And that Javier Javier Bardem let uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character live. Hmm. But I know that would never happen. That's that's actually how I thought. I I totally missed the the optical illusion. I guess I was just so freaked out during that scene. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But it was nice and open for interpretation. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. I I guess part of me and maybe my justification in my head was he, he is a cop, a sheriff, and you know, once you, even if you're a bad guy, I'm, once you go to that level, you're in big trouble. So I guess that's why I thought, oh, he doesn't see me. I'll just let him go. But I, I didn't realize that at first. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think there's any way that he could have, like, snuck out the window or anything. Yeah. No. 
And Although, th- that's what I was wondering, though, because, like, I think... The window was unlatched, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, right. they, they show they showed that close-up of the window, and so I was like, maybe, but... Well, the vent. I don't... No, the vent was... The vent was open. The, win- the window in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Had yeah. Had there's, there's a close-up on the... Yeah, the vent was no, where the money was. What's that? The vent was where the money right. was. Uh-huh. Right. But... What did you guys think of, like, when he went to the wife's house, and it was... Like, he really had no reason to kill her other than his just kind of... Well, that's like Woody Harrelson said. He'll, he'll, even if you give the money back, he'll kill you because you've inconvenienced him. Well, Not like that, rules. but you shot yeah. him in the leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think the wife inconvenienced him. I think it was more of his rules yeah. that yeah. did mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought uh, that was... Yeah, that was... Uh, actually, honestly, the second time watching it, because you know what's going to happen, it's like... Particularly uh, Josh Brolin's character. You're like, what are you doing? Like, oh my god, dude. Like, there's... It, honestly, if he just hadn't gone to back to get that guy water, none of this would have happened. Like, <laughs> 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 just like They never would have well, known that he'd the, even been I mean, there. The tracker was still in the suitcase. He still had that. Oh, that's, that's true. true. So, yeah, so, so, some, so it would have happened. It would have happened differently. They wouldn't yeah, have known but, who it was, but yeah he, yeah, he would have still gone around and found him. Yeah. I like all the moral questions. Yeah. That they... They throw at you. What would you do here? What would you do there? Mm-hmm. And you could really see in all the actors, yeah, their decision and wrestling with what do I do? Mm-hmm. What's the right thing to do? What do I want to do? What, you know, yeah. kind of that id ego, super ego. Well, uh, I found the the wife's reaction interesting. He walks in with a big suitcase of cash, and she's just like. Oh well, I won't ask where you got it. <laughs> like yeah. so many questions. <laughs> they had a weird relationship. <laughs> they did. Um, yeah, I, I it almost maybe borderline abusive. Like right. maybe she had tried to question him in the past, and he had obviously did something to keep that from occurring. Or mm-hmm. maybe she had suffered some abuse in the past. I mm-hmm. I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that seemed very strange to me. We're just like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> it may not be the first time that he came back with, like, a random gun or something. Yeah, yeah. it sound like it. But still, she he, just... he has a case full of, you know, however many thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. I liked all the different themes. They're very relevant, even though this is a 10-year-old movie. But all the themes kind of we talked about with violence, Vietnam... The border, the U.S.-Mexican border, mm-hmm. and all the killing, and it, it was just very rich mm-hmm. with all of those themes and how life is today. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you think of, so I, I was trying to figure out, at one point Tommy Lee Jones says that Javier Bardem's character is a ghost, that he's not like real, per se, and... Is do you, like I was trying to think as I was watching it the second time, especially like, to see, like could Javier Bardem's character represent something else, like just death itself or something like that? Um, sort the of like Grim Reaper, kind of yeah. And 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 is he a ghost or like you know like is there any sort of like is he even a real person? I mean, he doesn't really seem real. He, mm-hmm. he, he's not really connect to anybody. He doesn't try to connect to anybody. He's just taking or doing something to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. And 
it really anyone that gets in their way is up to a coin toss <laughs> whether they live or not <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah that that whole character with sugar even though he really doesn't say much and you don't really learn a lot about him he still feels you know real in the sense that he he feels fleshed out mm -hmm. um which is which is interesting considering how really how little he actually does other than kill people <laughs> i noticed this movie didn't have much dialogue in general right. mm -hmm. it was like most it felt like most of the movie wasn't dialogue and then there would be it'd be almost punctuated by like some really dialogue heavy scenes mm -hmm. um but i mean i i like that because in real life you're not gonna give a whole monologue of why you're motivated <laughs> to do something yeah so I, true. I appreciate how realistic that was well, yeah yeah i like when Woody Harrelson was walking up the stairs and he hears uh, Sugar behind him, uh -huh. you know that was it was so quiet you could hear his footsteps on the stairs and and you could see how he <laughs> he knew to to look around and I think he sort of knew who it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of curious because he had met him before, but he mm -hmm. also said that you like you don't meet this guy without dying. So I. I kind of almost wanted to know more about their other encounter. He's, he said, "Yeah, he said he had seen him before. Oh, he didn't say he had met him before." Okay. Yeah, but I, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Other than that, yeah. When he was talking to Lewin, he said, "You oh, you, you've seen him and you're still alive. That's interesting." Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I love the Buenos Dias with the flowers. <laughs> yeah, and it shows uh, yeah. Llewellyn. Oh my he God. greets him and he says, <laughs> "You're still alive." Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the dark comedy, though, the uh, the uh, mariachi scene is like one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie it's just so ridiculous how they slowly stop yeah, playing just, uh, oh like I guess seeing random people asleep in the streets normal right they're just waking him up yeah the border crossing scene was also very funny where Josh Brolin's character and the the border guard half asleep oh just go ahead yeah mm -hmm. He just looked like beer, another drunk headed him. back into Mexico, whatever. <laughs> they didn't charge him for the beer. Yeah, the three college kids or the three the young guys said, yeah. just give him the beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, I so liked important. the parallel where like he paid for that one guy's jacket and then at the end yeah. Yeah, the little boy's shirt. The little boy's talking about like splitting up the money. He's like, well, I lost a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for those moments of comedy and humor, just for a little relief. I love yeah. the the one detail I loved was when they were burying the mother on her tombstone and said "beloved mother." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yep, good catch. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. sure the mother put that one. That was in her will. Uh -huh. Yeah, and she kind of it. She she ended up kind of killing her son-in-law in the sense that she told that guy. Where he was, and yeah. Everything. I mean, not willing or not, no. well, not knowing. That's knowing. probably right. why he was like trying to tell her, like, leave your mother there. Yeah. Like, no <laughs> your mom gonna, will be fine. No one really yeah. wants to kill her. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I she, go ahead. She was just yapping away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something I, I really like about not all Coen Brothers movies, but a lot of their movies and movies in general that I really like are movies that show versus tell, and I think that's what you're talking about. Is like there isn't. A, there isn't, you just sort of see 
what the characters are doing and you start to infer what they're thinking and everything over time. And I really like movies that do that, that sort of just start and then you have to catch up as you go. It's not just like, I was a young guy and mm-hmm. here's this, you know, here's how this all goes. Here's yeah. the exposition, you know. Um, really unfolds nicely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it makes me stay way more engaged. Yeah. As opposed to kind of like spoon feeding you of like, you know, oh, he's going in there because he, he, you know, he wants the money that that guy has and, you know, like, just like let, letting you uh, putting every put everything together basically, um, and the use of silence especially yeah to especially I felt like in the violent scenes um, to contrast there's like sudden gunshots and then there's just like nothing for a little bit um, when particularly in the scene where he's in the hotel uh, Lewin's in the hotel the second floor mm-hmm. hotel and he jumps out the window and he's on the street well, and he gets in that guy's car yeah. and then the guy gets and shot. And all of Sugar's uh, weapons are silenced. Even like yeah. the shotgun, whatever weapon he has, he makes sure that it's... So yeah, Lewin's running away from him. You just hear the bullet ricocheting yeah. off the off the sidewalk or mm-hmm. off the wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you might see like the muzzle flash in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the direction with the pacing and the silence, as you said, and just all the different camera angles... And how they really show the scene, whether it was early in the scene with the different pickup trucks with all the different bodies and the animals and mm-hmm. really lets it unfold. Mm-hmm. I felt like th- there's some cool stuff they did, too. And that that's interesting because I hadn't actually considered that maybe that the Javier Bardem character, I, th- that whole part, I just was like really confused about with the Tommy Lee Jones thing like that. I just had kind of been like, I don't know, that was weird, and I kind of <laughs> forgot about it, and hadn't considered that, oh, maybe it was like just in his head. But I think they d- did a lot of shots that were really interesting, where, again, they like showed us what the characters were thinking instead mm-hmm. of the characters saying it. Yeah. So the one that really stood out to me was uh, Javier Bardem's character is in the first hotel room where he's got the thing up in the, in the vent, you know, the money's all up in the vent, and they line up this shot. So, like, he's looking around, he, like, looks under the bed, and they line up a shot, and so it's, like, right behind his head is mm-hmm. the vent. Right, and I so remember we that shot. see it before mm-hmm. he does, but yeah. we kind of, like, aha, at the same time Javier Bardem's yeah. character does. Discovery. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah, I you thought, know when he, the camera's right behind him, and he stands uh-huh. up and looks right at it, and you know that he's he's got it. Right, right, <laughs> but, like, and but we experience that with him, right. which is, like, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... Yeah, I don't know. I just thought, and and again, another example of like showing us versus like telling us. I bet it's in that vent. Like, I mean, <laughs> right. So. Yeah, they didn't even have him go. Hmm. Yeah. Right, <laughs> exactly. right, right. Curious. Yeah, it was interesting how he he bought the two, the rooms like right next to each other. I guess, I, I guess maybe he thought someone was coming for him, or maybe he kind of knew someone was tracking him somehow. He just hadn't mm-hmm. figured out how they were doing it mm-hmm. so you know he made sure to put the money like over close to the other room where he could grab it mm-hmm. um and i guess there were some of the drug guys waiting for him in that room or were mm-hmm. they waiting for sugar i wasn't i was i've always been a little lost on i think they were just like they just were run oh wait no he had that room yeah that was he? his room yeah. mm-hmm. so i don't so know i think I there were multiple parties waiting. Yeah. Yeah, and chasing, and I think that infers, implies that there's so many different groups going after the same thing. Yeah, literally. Well, literally. Yeah. Well, and who does who does uh, Sigur work for? 
Because I, I couldn't figure that out. Because like, because there's the that? Mexicans are the people who keep well, and are he, like the other people. He chasing killed the him. first two guys that showed gave him the tracker. Right. So uh-huh. I assume he's not working for them. Yeah. What about the guy in the high rise building? The yeah, because he, that was went, interesting he just too. went straight in and and yeah. killed him, and then just that's that's the other reason I think about like is like is he even real? Mm-hmm. Like is 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 the um, sugar character even? A real person because he goes into this very public place. Well, you know? and he has no no empathy or emotion. Like mm-hmm. you, know, you see him. I mean, there was that one scene where it's just by itself, where he's uh, you know driving over the bridge and he tries to shoot and kill the bird. Like, yeah, what was the purpose of that? I thought that that was interesting, and the fact that he didn't kill the bird. Well, I mean, he he just missed. He missed. <laughs> yeah. Right. I I, yeah. I wondered that too, and I thought, but like, has it just been so long since he's killed something or <laughs> yeah. some being or I, some creature? I, I got the feeling that was just like this guy is vicious, right? Like, or okay, maybe just yeah. anything that annoys him or something. He wants to, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like less from like a, a story perspective and more from like the Coen brothers. Like, why why have that in there? Because I feel like a lot of their stuff is very intentional. Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, there was a reason that there's this weird scene with the crow in there. Yeah, I think it's just reinforce the character's yeah, viciousness. just viciousness. Yeah, you know, he, that's a good point. I, even the guy in the uh, uh, gas station or convenience store or whatever, you know, he was already to kill him. It was all up to the coin flip. You know, he yeah. he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's well, I think is he so gets. Yeah. I think he gets a lot. Almost out of maybe, maybe he does. I don't know what he feels or if it, it if it registers. Look like but he the gets idea, off on it a little he, bit. Yeah, I, he certainly got off with that kind of a commentary about small talk mm-hmm. and repeating what the cashier had said. <laughs> you know, oh, you married into it. You know, just kind of a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Of, you really want to have small talk? I'm having small talk with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And what about that? What was it? It was like an air pump. Like, was that an oxygen tank that he um, had with them? Tommy Lee Jones actually made a reference. To yes, it. I was just going to bring that up. He, yeah, yeah. When he was talking to Lewin's wife about the, and he said, "I, oh, I'm just rambling." But he was talking about, I think, what they used on cattle, uh, and he said it has a little like metal metal part that comes out, and then it goes out and retracts. That's how they kill. Mm-hmm. That. So he was talking about that story about like. You know, like it's not even certain man versus beast, blah blah blah, where they were trying to kill the cow and like yeah. shot it and yeah, yeah and ricocheted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said, but nowadays they use this little like pneumatic thing where it just like goes a couple inches into their brain and retracts. And I was, I thought that was such a weird because that's like obliquely telling. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like as whereas the whole rest of the movie seemed yeah. like showing that was like why was that in there? I, like, I, see, I, I didn't think, have the go ahead. I think that was him, like maybe his subconscious, like realizing how he had been committing these murders. Uh-huh. Like, you know, just been processing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he fully realized it as he blurted it out. Because mm-hmm. um, he didn't, like, make the connection right away. Of course, you know, he wouldn't necessarily tell Llewellyn's wife if he, you know, made that connection. Sure. But he seemed a little puzzled on, well, what do you mean there wasn't a bullet? You yeah. Know, how did, how, where'd the wound come from? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I could only, I can only assume that his his brain figured it out even if maybe he didn't fully realize what the murder weapon was going on the showing not telling theme it's interesting how you know the movie very little telling a lot of showing but even as we got towards the end there's almost less showing and just a lot of inferred like 
hmm. the guy with the chicken truck. It's inferred that he was killed, but you're right, you don't see it. Josh Brolin, yeah. they actually didn't even show us getting shot. Which you would think that'd be the climax of the movie, right? Right. Totally. I wondered if that was going to happen, or and then even with the wife at the end, again, it was inferred, but they didn't and walking show us, outside so. and her not. It's almost well, interesting. And then he checks his boots. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that was the tell. Yeah, yeah. Like he checked his boots. Yeah, um, like he did with Woody Harrelson's character, where he put his boots up his on the up. bed. Um, yeah, so he didn't even, want to get the boots. And even in the bloody. the hotel room with the three Mexicans, he had his socks on, but you know he checked and he took his socks off. So. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah. so that was definitely uh-huh. his tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's interesting how like even the the movie and the story itself develops into that point. What? Yeah. yeah what do you think about the? That's a really good point of like that it didn't that they, that we didn't see the part where he actually gets killed. Yeah, you know? th- that was the part that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, wait. That's really how Josh Brolin dies. We don't yeah. even get to see it. Like, <laughs> I didn't what? expect it would happen that soon. Yeah, yeah. and and I, after he'd gotten away so many times, right. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was gunned down by not the guy who thought even, he was going to be. We don't even yeah. know who really killed him, to be honest. Just a group of the Mexican drug yeah. cartel people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, something you guys were talking about earlier, it's almost something so much bigger than you had said about Josh Brolin's character had maybe done something in the past before in terms of bringing home guns, maybe bringing home some money, not to this large scale, and that this was really on such a larger scale than small town Texas, than even small town, uh, you know, just U.S., it was just globally. Like, there were so many different groups going, you know, whether... and. The amount of drugs or the amount of money. Who end up taking the drugs? Because you know it's like Tommy Lee Jones' character shows up there, and the drugs aren't there anymore. It, it must have been Javier Bardem because the, that's what I would say. The drugs were there when he was there with the two guys. Right. Mm-hmm. He killed them, so he must have been the one that took them. But I don't know. But that never comes it. back into yeah. it. Does yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> the drugs weren't important. Yeah. <laughs> Just the money. Yeah. Or maybe somebody else came along and took the drugs. No, we we don't know. <laughs> Sequel. <laughs> oh, I I wasn't aware of the the steer instrument, the killing instrument. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with North Texas cultures, and <laughs> but I I took it as comedy. It was as if here comes the exterminator. Here's Orkin spraying, <laughs> you know, with with mm-hmm. that, and then just he was very methodical, you know. Yeah. The, the deadbolt or the the door lock mm-hmm. and that was his way in and yeah his his little tool had many uses yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. okay and all the boots references was also yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway go ahead here's here's a thought what if the movie is about um, Javier Bardem's character he's the protagonist. Because what I was thinking about, like, why we don't see the guy getting killed is because Javier Bardem didn't get to kill him. Mm. And Javier Bardem missed it. You know, he missed that, like, the thing that he wanted so bad. And so did we. And I wonder about that just because, like, we do see him. I think he's one of the first characters we see. Yeah, he is. is, he, is he, it, yeah. it starts with him being arrested by yeah. the cop. That's what I thought. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he is the, like, he and that cop that he kills are the first characters we see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, certainly in his mind, he's a protagonist. I mean, mm. and, and maybe this is kind of where where do you draw the lines of morality? Like, 
we, you know, probably us objectively think killing people is wrong. But, you know, in yes, his mind, there might be different rules. <laughs> <laughs> there might be different rules at play. And, uh, you know, maybe killing is justified if it's, you know, according to certain rules. So, mm-hmm. potentially, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a possibility. Um, especially since he's one of the last people we see. Also, he's not the very last. It closes with Tommy Lee Jones. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we definitely see him the very beginning. And we sort of see him wrap up his part of the story there with Llewellyn's wife. Mm-hmm. And then he goes off to kill someone else, I guess. I guess. <laughs> and he has a bone sticking out of his arm now. The yeah, the car crashed, <laughs> even though yeah. it was green light. And he had the green light. Yeah. The car went through. Uh-huh. And yeah. part of me almost thought... It, Wondered I wondered about the other driver, by the way. But <laughs> no, the, way. the other driver was dead. No, I know. Yeah. but Or I he was wondered. severely injured. Yeah. Um, part of me wondered, like... You know, if he had actually died in that car crash, or they showed us him dying, that that would be almost kind of an interesting commentary in life that he had so much control over his life and what yeah, was happening, and then it was just this accident was what you know, totally. But I, I thought he was going to die. Well, he uh, didn't look good. No. But I mean, that's how I thought it was going to end because of what you said in mm-hmm. terms of everything was so methodical, and someone ran a red light. Mm-hmm. And there he was. Yeah. So it was completely random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like this movie just completely different note. This movie played up so many stereotypes about Texas. It's like wow. oh, yes. I haven't been to Texas, <laughs> yes. but it's like I I'm Lots I know it's not like that. <laughs> I think and the Mexican stereotypes yes. for sure. Yeah. I, I uh have you guys seen Blood Simple? That's, I think that's the Coen Brothers' first movie that they did. And yeah, they, I can't remember if I've seen it or not. I haven't. I, I would be interested to know... Like, Fargo many times, but not... <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah. yep. um, but I'd be interested, because they've done a, a quite a few that feature Texas, or the Deep South particularly. And not obviously Fargo's not that. Um, and then there's plenty of other ones that don't fit that. Mm-hmm. But... I'm kind of curious. That it seems like they probably have some background in growing up watching westerns or some, something along those lines. Because it seems like they uh, feature those a lot. Mm-hmm. Feature Texas and things like that. Because, um, uh, anyway, Blood Simple is was their first movie and it is also in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know where they're from, so they may be from Texas. I'm not I, sure. don't, I don't think they are, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I thought the upper Midwest. I think closer to the Fargo. I, I thought, but mm-hmm. could be wrong. I most looked it up movies, one time. And most of the movies do seem to take place in like the Midwest-ish yeah. area. Um, like Inside Llewellyn Davis, I think was New York. Was yep. it? Mm-hmm. At least, and partially, I think there was some travel some, along yeah. the Midwest as well. Mm-hmm. And then raising Arizona is obviously in Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> And Nicholas Cage. And Nicholas Cage, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think we have to start wrapping up. So, okay. Uh, any any final thoughts? Uh, so, I guess something we didn't talk about in, uh, now was just the level of violence. So, I, I guess mm. for anyone listening, if if you don't like violent movies <laughs> won't like this yeah. um, don't watch as this. I said to you guys earlier I, I have a level of violence that I can tolerate and this movie definitely surpassed that but mm-hmm. um, so I mean that's even that in of itself is kind of interesting like I know whenever 
I watch more violent movies, it's like a, you initially start off being shocked, and then at a certain point you almost become you know, desensitized to it. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I quite ever got there with this, but <laughs> <laughs> there have been other movies like that. Yeah. You know what's interesting about just like violence and watching violence in general is the only time I can remember in that whole movie of going like, ooh, is when at the very beginning when he's got the cuffs on his wrist oh, and yeah. it starts bleeding from his oh. wrist and I saw the blood coming off of his wrist and I went like ooh and then like the rest of the movie he's like shooting people in the face and stuff and I was like oh okay you know, like, the car crash at the end I was like ooh yeah yeah, it's a car crash yeah mm-hmm. and then the bone sticking out I love the kids the kid, you yeah. got a bone sticking out of your arm and like yeah. you know two minutes later you've got a bone sticking out yeah. of your arm uh-huh. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna keep hammering that point home. It's uh, pretty important. And all the parallels, you know, it was it was uh, Bardem's character giving the kid the hundred dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? uh-huh. and that, like Roland's character giving the mariachi the bloody hundred dollar bill. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were just so many parallels to those characters. Mm-hmm. I found that very uh, satisfying. All the connections. Mm-hmm. Can we have a Fight Club sort of thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> That would be that would be bizarre. (laughs) That's a good flick. Violent, yes. All right, Um, I think we're going to wrap up our our discussion. So, uh, please join us uh, for our next film punch. I believe the next one we're doing is Showgirls. A little bit different. (laughs) A little bit. Quite a bit bit different. Uh, April is our so bad it's good month. So uh, I'm planning on doing Samurai Cop as well. I'm not sure when that's going to (laughs) happen. But it's it's an awful movie. Totally worth watching, but terrible. Okay. All right. Uh, So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Mm